I'm KS Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdberg Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with the creator and illustrator of Dracovi, the Slav with No Remorse comic series, Adrian Kalerik. Welcome, Adrian. Hi, Kayla. Nice to meet you. Well, nice to meet you as well. But outside my introduction, who is Adrian Kalerik, and what are you about? So, um, so originally, I'm an artist. Um, uh, I'm located in uh, in the northern Canadian city of Edmonton, in uh, uh, province of Alberta. And so I've been, um, uh, yeah, like markers been running about 20 years now. Um, so I'm working in a bunch of different mediums. Uh, I started off with like, like furniture design, uh, collage work, um, uh, digital, uh, collage work. I did street art for, for a few years and, um, and then started illustrating again about four years, five years ago. And then, um, and then the last two years, uh, mainly focused on, on putting together uh, my first comic book. And here we are today, the book is out. Yeah, I've seen um, kind of, I guess your street art influence in the two issues. So, did, I mean, did you mean for that? Is that kind of the style that you go for now? Like what, I, what kind of art style is it for? Yeah, um, so. Toby? You know, it's it's like so when I um, when I started uh, drawing again, like I I didn't draw like for ooh, like a long time, like a long time, maybe a good fifteen years. Because um, like I said, with uh, uh, you know with, with with furniture design, with collage work, and then other digital um, uh, uh, artwork, I just never drew. And so um, when I started drawing again, you know, it was like kind of teaching myself how to do it again. Um, it was just. Uh, like with all the scribbles and then the, the, the stain work and and uh um you know the the distressed pages and all that i kind of almost use it as a um almost as a filter to kind of mask my shortcomings uh in my drawings right so um so i i, I did uh i did a lot of uh like hand-drawn uh drawings i had a series called um uh called here uh that i started with and here was basically a uh just a, a long bearded uh um you know barista who uh you know led this um um oh god i don't know he was just traveling across canada in his volkswagen you know so i would draw like little uh, little chapters in his life and uh and i always like you know wanted this to be like a fold up kind of drawing you put in your back pocket or your glove compartment so kept it really rough and um anyway so as i developed as i further you know you know I guess whatever skill I had, um, then came time for the comic. And then it was just really trying to carry over that roughness, uh, into the digital work. And, um, again, to like, it's really like just trying to like, it was originally used to mask, you know, like I said, just, just errors that I, that I had seen and then just developed into, um, uh, a style. Yeah. I can definitely see the collage work in there as well stuff that was like in the background kind of like overlapping in a way I really liked it I really liked the art style but I just couldn't figure out what kind of style it was yeah yeah I get that I've, I've had that like um uh a few other podcasts um uh that I've talked to and 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 some reader feedback from like early um I, I've sent out early copies of the book um yeah I think I've, like for some reason it's confused some people I guess I don't know why like I, I guess I'm so used to seeing it no, I wasn't confused by it. It's kind of chaotic, which I kind of like. It reminds me of, um, I don't know if you're familiar with these 
old Adult Swim cartoons like uh, China, Illinois, Metalocalypse, and yeah. uh, like Super Jail. Like yeah. it's really chaotic as far as the art style, and then uh, the content within, like the actual storyline. Because it's what it reminded me of was like it's like so violent and so fast. Like it moves so fast. Yeah. From just from the art style itself is what moves it is creates the momentum of it which i think helps a lot as well and it's like almost like the superman's uh roller coaster of six flags i don't know if you have that <laughs> in Canada, but it reminds me of that how much like i said how violent it is and how fast it is you like you kind of get the little bit of whiplash and the pressure from it but then you want to get right back on it so i got the two copies and i was like when is the third one coming out but we'll, <laughs> we'll get to the third one. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's funny, like you're talking about the quickness and all that. Um, like I um I'm the worst for like having sketchbooks. I don't have sketchbooks. Um, you know, I always like uh like a lot of like professional artists, whatever illustrators that I follow, they always seem to spend a lot of time developing, you know, uh their characters and their settings and all that. And they have all this 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 plan work, this paperwork and that. And I'm, I just kind of go straight into it, you know? And um, so it's not really that the, with, with all the character designs, there's not a lot of filter in their designs. Mm -hmm. So most of what you're seeing, that's like first or second take of, of, of this character. So, oh, wow. um, you know, it's not, it's funny. It's like, it's not, you know, so I guess you could say they're not fully developed, you know, like they're, they're pretty raw, but I just like, I think just, it's just probably my impatient nature as like as an artist like I don't spend a lot of time on one piece like doing like spending two years on this book was like pretty substantial for me um but I still you know maintain that that I guess quickness uh um to the output well yeah I think the rawness works especially with the content that it's uh that I guess that you've created but but speaking of the content what is Jacoby actually about so Chakobi is, um, um, so Chakobi, uh, the name itself, it's, um, it's a Slovenian word. Uh, so my, like my background, like I'm a, I grew up in a uh, Slovenian Canadian households uh, with my grandparents who are both immigrants from Slovenia. So I had that culture instilled in me. Um, and Slovenia was like a former uh, um, uh, Yugoslavian, um, from former Yugoslavia. Anyway, so, so the word Chakobi, um, it was like uh, the word translates to like ribbon or stripes. Um, so the character you'll see has stripes. Um, so basically, bottom line, it's a story of a Slovenian thug who, who is doing light contract work in the northern Canadian city of Edmonton, which is where we are. Um, and so he's um, he's trying to, um, you know, he's attempting to to right his wrongs, or not right his wrongs, but try, try to, to uh, you know, shed his villainous ways and 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 slowly become a better person and he's got his little support system around him um it's almost a, it's a bit of a i don't know it's, it's almost like a wreck it ralph kind of sort of kind of take to it you know if you remember, yeah, obviously you, know, you know you saw wreck it ralph right where they had the uh you know like the villain rehab and and yeah. that as well so it's a bit of a play on that okay um can you elaborate on the creative process on Jacoby um, from just a thought in your head to now promoting both issues one and two? Yeah, yeah. So, so Jacoby came, um, uh, I started, um, uh, I started doing like, uh, like prints of, of, um, of, of, of superheroes, like known comic book uh, heroes kind of in, in, in everyday 
situations like Dr. Doom making a sandwich or Galactus pouring a cup of coffee, you know, just like things like that. And so as I got further into that little series, then I started, you know, drawing, you know, I always wanted like my Yugoslavian, uh, you know, background kind of integrate into the work. So I started drawing like, you know, like uh, what would a Slavic guy look like in a Spider-Man outfit, right? So I had like this, you know, this heavy Slavic guy, big mustache with a Spider-Man hat, but he wore like a toque, you know? And so I call him like Peter Petrovich. And um, <laughs> so I would start drawing, you know, him in scenarios, right? And then I, I wanted a villain for, for Peter to fight against. And uh, I was reading Strange Tales a lot, like... And so I had this thing for, for Hydra agents. And so I wanted my own Hydra agent, uh, the kind of look of them, right? So I, I drew, that's where I drew Tricovi. And so I had him in, you know, different scenarios with, uh, with Peter Petrovich. It was like this little ongoing battle. And um, anyway, so then I ended up uh, um, getting a table at Artist Alley at the Edmonton Expo, which is basically Edmonton's version of, uh, of a Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a bad weekend, horrible weekends. I, I, I sold very little. I had a lot of time on my hands. Um, uh, so I so there I just I decided, you know, uh, to start a comic. And so I started writing the comic um, at that that expo. And then I, uh, I was going to originally do it with Peter Petrovich, but I kind of liked um, Tchaikovsky's look better. Um, and so then I just started um you know, just started writing from that point. And then I took, um, I just started just taking just, just like people I grew up with, like a lot of people in the Slovenian community, you know, my grandfather. Um, and then, and then I wanted to, um, uh, instead of making up a city, I decided, well, best thing to do is just to use the city that I'm in. So mm-hmm. I used Edmonton, um, you know, where I almost treat Edmonton like a character itself. So, you know, in the books, there's, uh, you know, the Bellevue Community uh, League, uh, which is an actual place, Victoria Fancy Sausage House, which is an actual deli here in town. So every setting is a, is a physical place that I'm familiar with. Um, and so, um, yeah, so it was really just uh, really trying to um, just, you know, integrate like, you know, my, my cultural upbringing and my, my surroundings and just try to make like uh, like like an Edmonton an Edmonton book. Um, is Grad eighty three uh, based off a real person? Grad eighty three is based on like guys I went to junior high with. <laughs> so so I was born in seventy five. So I would like so I went to elementary and junior high in the eighties, late eighties, and uh, like I mean it's like it's like it's like a canadian standard in the 80s there was always that guy in junior high who looked like he was like 30 you know when everyone else is like 12 you know and they'd be like you know just like a heavy the smell of like de maurier cigarettes and um you know in the 80s motley crew was big you know like the whole glam metal thing was huge i i never got into glam metal um it was funny when everyone was in glam metal i was like in like you know, when people are buying Motley Crue records, I was like buying like the first Public Enemy album, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like it was just like, and um, so anyway, so, uh, and then of course, you know, they all had mullets, you know, basically what you see there is the guys I went to school with. And so again, too, is bringing some of that uh, back. Yeah, when I was reading it and I saw the character Grant 83, I was like, this has to be based off a real person. There's no yeah. way that he, it looks a little, just a little too accurate. The word that <laughs> what he's saying is he's, it just seems a little too real to me. So oh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's like when you drive like through like highways, you know, in Alberta, um, and that there's always like there was always spray paint on the sides of bridges, sides of you know, grad 86, grad 84, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever grad was, you know, they immortalized it, you know, on a, on a side of a, on a side of a building, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's always it's always like grad 83 and then, you know, Johnny loves Deborah or something underneath, you know, it was just, uh, it was just this, this roadside narrative. Um, another question about, uh, Travaki. Um, so can they all just understand him when he speaks, um, Slovenian? Cause it's just like, I saw that you have it. Whereas like yeah. in the, in the brackets, he's speaking Slovenian mm-hmm. and then, um, everybody just understands him because no one's actually speaking it back to him. So they can all just understand him. Yeah. Okay. You know what? It's, it's a nod to um, uh, like the Ocean's Eleven movies, Ocean's Eleven, 12 and 13, yeah. where there's, okay. there's an Asian character who's, uh-huh. who's constantly speaking. Um, like, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know if it was like Mandarin or, or Cantonese, um, but he, that's all he spoke and everyone around him understood him, but they never explained how like you know like how does brad pitt understand whatever so i wanted that in there as well right so um and then um yeah so i, I just did a play off that but i got him speaking predominantly slowing throughout the whole uh the whole book um actually in issue one he doesn't speak in in issue two i don't know if you notice that i don't think he says one word in issue two um no i don't think he does there's a reason for that so because um basically issue two is him in a reflective uh and a, a mood he's mourning the aftermath of issue one uh-huh. so he's just very subdued right so it's basically him it's like just him getting a swat on the nose with a with a newspaper right so he's just kind of you know he's in shock right so that's why he's just really he's all he's quiet through the, the entire the entire issue mm-hmm. yeah i don't think i did notice because i because um i was so busy i guess listening to to jim and mm-hmm. what was going on with i don't want to ruin it for anybody but the stuff that was happening afterwards i was mm-hmm. so busy focused on that that i didn't even notice that he didn't speak the entire time yeah yeah you know to be honest i i didn't really notice until like at the end when i'm lettering i'm just like he didn't say a damn thing you know and so and i, I kind of like i was just trying to think why and all this and it just it was just it was just natural like the writing the script was just that's just how it just sort of came out right like you know i knew i knew jim was going to have a bigger role in two you know um and, and jim by the way jim's actually based off a real person he was actually based on um a, a, a co-vendor at that expo um he was uh he was just like uh like an older guy who came up from uh he drove up from uh from minneapolis and he made like um handmade like ceramic mugs you know and he would put like harry potter symbols on there doctor who symbols on there and and um you know the joke during those three days with myself and other artists you know we, we thought jim would have like a a, a difficult weekend uh-huh. because he was surrounded by all these artists right and you know all these graphics and that and here he is with these little mugs jim made so much money over the weekend it was absolutely insane like his the lineups were um it, it was really impressive and, and 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 jim was a former pastor um so uh so talking to him over the weekend i just kind of jokingly said i'm gonna you know create a character off you and uh, i'm gonna call him pastor jim and 
And that was that. I don't think he believed me, right? Because usually when you tell people, yeah, I'm going to start a book, they're like, uh-huh. yeah, okay. Yeah, sure you will. Sure, sure. Um, so anyway. Okay. Um, well, he's kind of sort of like a collaborator, inadvertently a collaborator with you. So how has your experience been working with your collaborators throughout issues one and two? How did you find them and know that those were the right people to work with? Well, in terms of collaboration, um, so... I mean, like the, like the, the people I base characters off of, honestly, they were like, probably like, you know, quick conversations. Right. So that's really kind of far they went. Um, but in terms of like, like you're talking like the cover artists. Yeah. The cover artists and your editors and when, and when. Yeah. So, okay. Well, I guess the editor, uh, the editor is my daughter, um, Olivia. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's, um, she's uh, currently a student at the, at the university of Alberta. So she's taking art and design. And um, I just, you know, I just needed that. Um, she's very honest about, you know, um, about things. She, she's, she's not very polite when it comes to giving feedback. So it's kind of what I needed. Right. Um, so I had her basically just, she just kind of looked over each page as I drew them out and then, you know, made a few revisions in that. Um, so it was really handy. Someone within the house, right. I don't have to like, you mm-hmm. know, phone somebody or whatever. Um, and then in terms of the artwork for the main covers, um, so I used uh, Dave Thomas. Uh, he's from Edmonton. I followed Dave for a few years now. Dave's like this classically trained like uh, artist. Just does like like almost like like realistic like like oil paintings like of people like like museum kind of whatever. Um, um, so I just decided I just I just sent him an email just out of the blue. Just I I, th- I took I took my shot right. Mm-hmm. I thought he'd be like, no, nah, I'm not into this. He was so excited about it, you know, because I guess he was following me. And so, so there was like a mutual respect, which is kind of funny because like Dave's like, you know, yeah. Um, so he right away accepted it. And then, um, and then the variant cover, uh, Dylan Corbuser, Dylan Corbuser, um, also from uh, Edmonton. So he did a, uh, a book called uh, Metalhead Samurai. So it was his own uh, indie uh, indie comic that he put out like about four years ago. And I remember coming across it and it was just like, I was absolutely mind blown by it. And he, um, so, so Dylan's got like a, a big heavy metal background, um, you know, which he, he brought to the, to the variant covers um, for Chikrovi. And so again, too, I just, just shot him an email and I just asked him if, if he'd be down to do a couple of variants um, and then, yeah it was just a straight up yeah like they were so easy to work with right uh and they're local mm-hmm. too i was trying to keep it a lo- as as local as possible mm-hmm. and then the last variant uh was lane lloyd um so american um uh, artist um so lane lane's been around for a bit uh and i know he did um I came across him last year when he did uh he did a cover for idw's uh transformers uh series mm-hmm. So, so Lane had a, a had a variant for that, and anyway, so he just uh, one day was just posting, um, taking on commissions, and I just contacted him, asked if he wanted to do a print for my Kickstarter, and then the print basically turned into just a, a really limited run variant uh, cover. So we did like I only printed like twenty of his his variants. Wow. And uh, and yeah, and that was basically it for collaborators. Everything else I just kind of kept it in house, like you know, mm-hmm. so. Okay, and what advice would you offer to other artists you wish someone would have told you when you first started? 
Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? The biggest thing is um, don't get hung up on trying to emulate other people's processes, mm-hmm. you know, when doing this book. So, cause when I, um, when I got into it, into like the mechanics of putting together a book, you know, so I did my research, you know, like I, uh, you know, I looked up anybody and everything I could, I looked up, you know, YouTube videos and all that, you know, and then a lot of times I came across people bought like, you know, the nice fancy, uh, Bristol board type pad. That's got like the, the guidelines, you know, for each page and, you know, and everyone's drawing blue lines, you know, and, and each page, it almost looks like something you would sell after the fact. Right. Uh-huh. So I tried doing that at first and it just became really frustrating uh, to me because when it came time to like editing and changing things, you know, um, it was just a, just a complete slug uh, of, of, of emotion uh, to get through. So I just decided to, I just kind of did what I did uh, just a little scraps of paper, uh, like post notes, whatever. I would just scan it and then just kind of move stuff around, uh, you know, in Photoshop and that. Um, so anyway, yeah, like I said, just do with whatever makes you feel comfortable. As long as the output, you know, the traditional output, you know, like, you know, like the size, like 6.8 by 10.2 size of the comic, uh, and it prints clear, then, then you're fine. As long as the output looks good, how you get there, it's up to you. All right, Adrian. Well, my last question for you is, what is your idea of success? I ask that because as creators, if we're not getting regular paychecks from, uh, like, a, like from a full-time job, yeah. or making consistent revenue from our art, we're considered failures. Many of us will put our dreams and projects on the back burner or give them up altogether because this career path can be highly competitive and intimidating. So what is your idea of quote-unquote success? Well, I, yeah. ideally, it'd be nice to have a monetary reward, you know, on a yeah. consistent <laughs> basis. I mean, but it's like, that's the ultimate success, I guess, right? If you're able to like make like a, a living, doing this Mm -hmm. right and um but then i like you know i i i fall enough people to know that just isn't true like there are some people that i i I assumed were doing well you know because i've seen their books and you know on on the shelf and all that but at the end of the day like they're working a couple of jobs and they're just doing this on the side um so i think so if, if, if I, if I ignore the monetary, um, um, goals, I guess it would be just to get people to engage in your book mm-hmm. and read it. You know, that's one thing I'm like, that's the biggest thing for me right now. The biggest challenge is to getting someone to sit down and read the book. You know, like I've sent, I've sent out, you know, to so many, um, you know, people for reviews, uh, I sent out to publishers, you know, advanced copies and that. And, um, it's funny. It's like, I would hear back maybe like a month later, you know, someone's like, Oh, I finally got around to it, you know? Um, cause it's, cause once you submit something, it's like the next day, there's like a hundred books that are just bearing it, you know? Um, uh-huh. so yeah. So I guess right now it's just getting people to, to read it, uh, engage in it and to look forward to the next one. Oh uh, yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to the next one. I already mentioned that. I was like, I'm reading, I'm reading. I was like, well, I need the third one. I need it now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm such a sucker for like, um, for cliffhangers, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I need my last page to go, come on. Right. So that was, that was the goal for both of them. Well, um, you got me. So I'm like, 
I'm good thing you had you sent me two. And I was like, where's the where's the third one? I need the I need to know I, now. Yeah, you know, and I ha- I made sure, like it's funny. So when I wrote it, um, you know, I was gonna have it like like a like an oversized uh number one issue, like maybe like 30, 35 pages, like a you know. But then um, I realized there was like the natural breaking points and I'm like, I could do two. And then, so I split up into two and then I made sure that they were done at the same time because I, I wanted to kickstart to have both issue one and two um, just because of the story, like, cause it just goes right into one another. And um, you know, I wanted to set it up nicely and get people really, you know, immersed in the storyline. And then, and then three, I'm going to just, I'm just going to do just three. Uh, issue three next so I'm not gonna do four and then um and then yeah we'll just go from there well is there anything else you want to touch on about Jacoby that I may have missed um do you have any idea that when issue three will be finished or maybe like yeah. a year or so okay so the script is done um and I am I started drawing it last night actually so I started page one uh last night so I'm already inking that um it's gonna go a lot quicker I know it's gonna go a lot quicker so I'm like shooting for like I want to be, I want to be able to send this to the printer, like by the end of the summer of next year. Okay. So that's, I, I think I can do it. Um, so the story's laid out. I got like, I'm introducing two new characters uh, in that one. And um, so, yeah. Are you thinking of doing another Kickstarter as well? You know what? Um, so I was thinking about that too. It's like, I, I almost think I could do without a Kickstarter, but mm-hmm. the thing with Kickstarter, the one thing I realized with it, like, you know, like making, you know, uh, like obviously getting money from it is, is great. But the biggest thing with Kickstarter is actually like guaranteeing, um, uh, uh, I guess people buying the book, mm-hmm. you know? So like, you know, with the last Kickstarter, I had like 100, 148 backers. That's 148 people that are, guaranteed to get the book to read the book and engage in it right um so if i didn't do a kickstarter i think it'd be a little bit harder to promote i'm not there yet you know like maybe if i'm like issue five six or seven and if i got a if i got a strong fan base a reader or a reader base then it might be easier just to just to release it through like my online shop and then not go Mm -hmm. through the through all the hoops for a kickstarter Okay. Um, well, again, yeah. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you wanted to talk about for Jacoby that I may have missed or anything like that? I don't know. I, I don't know. Did you have any questions? Like any other? Like, uh, no, that was pretty much all of my questions. Everything that I wanted to know. Again, yeah, was, I'm, I'm waiting for issue three. I was like, I was reading and I was like, that, that's how it ends. I need to know more. I need to know now. It's like, yeah. I can definitely see it as an animation it just reminded me like again of those other cartoons that i, I watched they were so chaotic so fast-paced yeah it's just you don't know where it's going the uh the art style creates the momentum even if nothing is really being said during the time you kind of yeah. get the feeling of what's happening because of the art style because it's kind of wild and raw like you said how you how you do your work how you just did it in like one or two takes yeah, it's probably more of my my uh, my background and interest in in the the, the the books that I enjoyed growing up. So like you know like I was big into the original like you know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like the original Black and Whites. I was a big fan of the Tick, you know. Yeah. Um, so I was more of a fan of like kind of like the um, kind of like the offbeat illustrated books mm-hmm. as opposed to like the traditional. Uh, somebody call it like, like corporate illustration. 
you know, <laughs> yeah, it was, it's a horrible, it's a really cold, cold term, but you know, I just didn't, um, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe it was probably, cause I was more intimidated by, by people that drew like that, you know, like drew really well. Uh-huh. So, um, so I just, I just never tried to practice drawing properly. I say properly, you know, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, you pick up an issue of Captain Marvel, right? That's how comics should be drawn, I guess. Uh-huh. Right. You know, that kind of thing. I just, I can't do it. You know, I find too that, that that's a lot of scrutiny as well. If you're trying to draw, like, I think it was Tom King, um, I think he mentioned, uh, he gave out advice. Someone's asking him like, you know, um, how do I break into comics or how do I get my book noticed? And he was tweeting out basically saying, don't try to copy the traditional comic artwork, right? Because if it's slightly off, which it will be, people are going to notice it, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's so much scrutiny, you know, cause people know when you're trying to like, you know, draw, you know, like, like, proper you know like 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 high ends whatever marvel dc type and so you know if you got a thumb out of place or if you know if your feet are too small or whatever like they're you know like they're gonna be on you right um yeah so this way you know like uh you know like like one of the podcast reviewers was commenting how you know some of the expressions like the you know in 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 chicobi like you know the mouth would be like almost kind of like stretched or skewed and you know uh and they're okay with it you know so there was no real you know criticism of that yeah i think that it works with this like with the content like i like i've said before having it exaggerated or um there's repetition in certain places and the colors like this and the the collage effects that you have here and there it it works it really does because i think the consistency throughout if it was just like a random panel or maybe a couple of pages it would be weird yeah Um, but yeah i i think it really does it really works yeah i was probably being like being an artist first right because you know Mm -hmm. i I was i was more i was firstly mostly concerned about the visuals right Mm -hmm. away like i wanted each page to kind of like you know give a pop of some kind right um so and then the writing came second and uh which was like the writing was like that was kind of scary at first so the scariest thing was lettering lettering was the scariest thing to tackle mm-hmm. i was so worried about that like throughout the whole process i'm like how am i gonna letter how am i gonna letter you know like am i gonna handwrite it you know but then it's like yeah because then if it's if it's hard to read then it, it loses the reader right because uh-huh. that's where your eyes is mostly focused on is like like the the letters right yeah and um yeah so i just uh matt i i looked up so many like how to's i watched so many videos <laughs> you know i asked people what do you do and um yeah so i think that's the one thing that's one thing i'm most proud of the books is the lettering because you know it's clear so Uh all right well again i want to thank the creator and illustrator of tracovi the slav with no remorse comic series adrian Kaleric. i highly recommend our listeners to check out the comic published by three press comics the website is www.threepresscomics.ca All of Adrian's socials and website will be listed in this episode's details. Again, I'm K.S. Garner, and you've been listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Thank you.